And now, subpar Ian McKellen. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 237. Brought to you by DCBS and iFanboy listeners like you. It's quite cool. Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 237. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello, everybody. And filling in for vacationing, Ron, is amateur film critic Paul Montgomery. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm actually recording from my bathtub this week because it's a sizzler out there. Oh, that's my line. You've stolen my line, Paul Montgomery. You've never said sizzler before. Why am I talking like a Except robot? In- Why is anybody talking like any of this? Because <laughs> it's 86 degrees out. That's it's really hot. hot. It's hot when you're in a confined room with lots of equipment turned on. It's also about the humidity. My yeah. barometer is crazy today. I like people out there to try to just figure out what he means by equipment and just let your imagination <laughs> run with the wind. At fanboy.com, we talk about the weather and also comics. We read comics every week. We read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one. They write about it on the website. They talk about it on this podcast along with other books of the week and various topics of interest. And before we get to the show, a quick reminder and a warning. This is a review show. We'll be talking about the, this week's releases, so if you're worried about spoilers, skip the sections. We had someone complain last week for the first time in years. <laughs> listen to the warning again. This is a review show. There'll be spoilers, so don't listen if you haven't read your books yet. Otherwise, I, it's not our fault. I didn't even listen to the show until I had my books. When I, I was on vacation, I didn't listen to the show for two weeks yeah. until I read my books. Uh, That's how it works. Josh, you had the pick of the week this week. It was a light week. It was a small week. Not a lot of books. I only bought like nine books. I want to finish my equipment joke. I want people to understand that when you go to Connors, it's just a series of large things that are, that are very hot, and they buzz, and they're under sheets. And if you touch the sheets, Connor freaks out. I don't, 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 don't! How many times do I have to tell you not to touch the sheets, Josh? How many times do I have to tell you before you I, get I to I have to Irish know head? that one of them is making a noise that sounds a lot like my name. Are you uh, trying to create life from cadaver pieces? That's <laughs> questions, Paul. Pizza crust. Under a blanket? Just go uh, with I had the pick of the week. That's true. And it was a wonderful week because I looked and I was like, oh, hey, that, that's, that's doable right there. Even, even in the midst of infant rearing and all the stuff that I have to do, I was like, I think I can finish this before midnight this week. Okay, we're going to ignore infant rearing. Galt. <laughs> that's, that's cheap. That was, that was really. It really was. That, that but was it's amazing. hot out. I know. That's, that's <laughs> excuse. Like later, things are going to get really uncomfortable. It's hot. I don't care. I said it. Women are only belonging in the kitchen. It's hot. That, <laughs> that was a time bomb joke. I didn't, at first, I didn't get that. And then. <laughs> and then it hit hard. <laughs> okay, so I had a bunch of books that weren't a whole lot, and I ended up picking Avengers Prime number one by Brian Bendis and Alan Davis. And we're in an Avengers run. Yeah, yeah. It, and I, I don't have a problem with it. I think this is this is an exciting time for Avengers books. If you're an old, you know, Josh and I are old Avengers fans. True. People, which people need to re- remember that you know this is the Marvel books we loved in the '80s and '90s were Avengers books. Mm-hmm. So this is a great time to be us. It is. Well, I mean, the, really, like, look at it. Like, we've been going in this one direction of the Civil War where everyone hated each other and then the Secret Invasion where everyone thought they might hate each other and then... Everyone hated the books. And then, and, and then finally into Dark Reign where everyone hated the one guy but half of them were dead so it didn't matter. And I, I'm, not, I'm glad to be out of it. And I think that we're feeling that right now and, and it's fun. Now, 
that being said, like I don't want to buy five Avengers books a month. That's four bucks an issue, blah, blah, blah. And this was the one that I was thinking, I, I, maybe I won't get this one. Well, it's only a miniseries, which we should re- 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 reiterate. Yeah, it's five issues. Yeah. Uh, and, and I am not uh, – my, my two partners, uh, Ron and Connor, are big Alan Davis fans. I like him. He's fine. But, you know, I don't, I don't go out of my way to get his work. Um, so I was like, all right. Well, the big draw on this seems to be Alan Davis. And then I was listening to Bendis talk on Word Balloon, and he was describing what this is. And he, he, he said it was akin to uh, Civil War The Confession. Which was the best issue, the, probably the best moments out of Civil War came in that one sort of one-off issue, which was Tony Stark talking to the, the dead body of, of Captain America, just saying, yeah, I think I screwed up. Um, <laughs> and it was a really good issue. And Yeah, it made it really worthwhile. Uh, <laughs> sort of. So, and the fact is that what you have is these three characters who are on the cover is Steve Rogers, Captain America. Captain Rogers. Captain Rogers. Captain Steve. Who they can't it. figure out what they're calling him. They haven't, they haven't really nailed that down yet. I like yet. that everyone, people are starting to call him Captain Rogers, which is sort of... And I like that he's in charge of everything. Yeah, and he, in, in, in this, he's got the Steve McQueen turtleneck. Yes, that's he does. important. Uh, Tony Hopefully Stark, not the Steve McQueen liver, though. Tony, the cooler king. Tony Stark, Iron Man, and of course Thor. Now, all of these characters have issues going on between... Well, actually, no, they're just both mad at Tony, if I, if I remember this correctly. There aren't really any issues between Thor and, and Captain Steve. Yeah. But it should be, ca- be C A P apostrophe N. That's it how should, and he should have a like a crusty old boat like the Orca. Captain <laughs> Steve. <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a pipe. And a, and a fish stick chain. No, I am. This is going to be a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the thing is, these sort of tensions between the characters have been going on a long time, and it, and like I want this series to be the thing that squashes them, and that's what he said it was going to be. So after this mini is over in 2013. December, I think. Yeah, because they're bi-monthly. Uh, hopefully, the, and I think it's also taking place sort of out of the current time stream, so that they get sucked out of uh, right after Asgard goes down. And so, theoretically, a- after this is over, they'll they'll have worked out whatever issues it is, and we can well, get all over that that elephant in the room tension, and they can stop fighting with each other. Because I'm sick of it. Well, the quick plot synopsis is there: Asgard has fallen. This is the end of Siege. When it takes place is a bit of a mystery because Captain America's in his black nebulous oh. costume. Iron Man's in his old armor from Siege. Hawkeye is Hawkeye instead of Rodin. So who knows when this actually takes place. But they're surveying Asgard. They, they find the Rainbow Bridge is not guarded anymore and broken. And that, the Rainbow awesome. Bridge turns into a big swirling portal. It sucks the three of them into another universe or state of being or dimension or whatever. So now Tony, with his old armor, which doesn't do what he wants it to because it's, it's old. and Which has been a theme. Like, yes, like- and Captain America... And Thor have to work together to escape from this demon realm, which I really liked a lot. I love the, I love the fact that this is totally unexpected, unlike every other Avengers book. They're right. fighting goblins, which is uh, cool. yeah, and they they just sort of all wake up to find themselves in a different place. And you know, Steve goes, he's like, oh, there's a town, and he walks into. He's the totally town. in Smurf Village. Yeah, except they're all <laughs> trollish ogres. Hello, trolls. Uh, and then there's a really, really beautifully drawn troll fight. Yes, uh, and, yeah. and he wins. I, I know. There's a spoiler. Everyone's going to be surprised. Captain America wins. Captain and he picks up the shield. Uh, he, we have to start calling him Captain Steve. Just as a Captain Steve. Of Captain Steve. <laughs> then Iron Man wakes up in a field and fixes his armor. That's the scene with him. The oh, grass oh, is oh, purple. Yeah. And then Thor finds himself in the ruins of somewhere. Thor seems to know where he is because they all seem to be in these sort of Asgard realms. Yes. Uh, and then there's his old Thor enemy, the Enchantress, and, and some demons and things like that. And it was just like, I was like, this was this is Marvel Comics. Like, it looked like classic Marvel Comics. I think that uh, one of the things Bendis had been saying is that Alan Davis really brought it in this book, and I, th- I think he did. I think the layouts in this are spectacular. The, really, the pages are something special, especially after they sort of go through the portal and they end up where they are. 
Uh, and so I was really impressed by that. And it's just like, I don't know, it felt like a, a Neil Adams book, the way that it had, was laid out a little bit. And, it, you know, just like a throwbacky thing, but but with all modern production and stuff like that. Just a, just a good time all around. And, and these are the characters I want to read about. And I want this story to be told. And, and so I, I, I really like, I enjoyed it. Kind of surprised myself. Yeah, I liked it a lot. This was also my pick of the week because it felt very much like an old school Marvel book. Mm-hmm. If you were our age and are in your 30s, Alan Davis, he drew some of the biggest books of your childhood. And he's one of my all-time favorites. And he, he, this is some of the best stuff he's drawn in a long time. I think that's absolutely true. Just gorgeous pages, great character work. This just made, made, made me happy in a way that all, all these Avengers books are making me happy. I know Josh said earlier he doesn't want to buy four books, but I'll buy four, I'll buy ten, I'll buy twenty if they're all good. Mm-hmm. And for me, so far, so good. And I'm having a great time reestablishing the heroes. I mean, that's the whole point of the heroic age is putting the heroes back front and center. And it's just a lot of fun, especially if you're an Avengers fan. And, and this is just a gorgeous book. Yep. Yeah, but big, big concepts, and they're not on Earth, and so it's just sort of like anything goes. And well, this is in a, a seven-way tie for my pick of the week. Um, I enjoyed it. And, <laughs> so every, uh, I, every I just, book I, for the week. I, I love the, the crazy stuff with, with Asgard. I'm becoming more and more of a Thor fan these days. I've been going back and reading the older stuff, and uh, just like the, the rainbow bridge is broken, so it turns into a crazy maelstrom, and it'll take you to different dimensions. And I just I love that kind of stuff. And you know, it's and and there's there's some some fun little Bendisy moments, like when Iron Man wakes up, he's he's like not in a coffin, not in a coffin. It's because it's dark wherever he is, and but then again, it doesn't feel like New Avengers Bendis. It feels like something different. I think he's intentionally doing something a little bit more classic with with the Avengers and with this. You know, one thing I noticed right at the beginning, I thought the first few pages were not the strongest. The the, the first two page splash was good, but then the couple of pages of them fighting, I, I didn't love. One of the things right away, I was like, wow, they got into fighting right away. And I realized that it's kind of a stick. They have to. Let's just get it over with. You know, like all of a sudden, all this stuff bubbles to the surface and, and the tensions are coming out. And I really like that they just got all that cathartic stuff out of the way now. So we, everything's established. They know what's going on. Yeah, we start there so we know where they get to by the end. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I was uncomfortable. It's it like was. you don't want to see them fight. You don't see your parents fight. Uh, you don't want to see you want to see Captain Steve act like that. No. What's more uncomfortable, is Tony and Steve fighting or Aunt May yelling at Peter Parker Tony, when she's Tony, Tony when Steve. she's possessed by the the negative man? It's, it's Captain America. I don't ever want to see Captain America's a constant, so he yeah. shouldn't lose his shit and he shouldn't do it in front of the kids. Well, there's uh, always something unsettling about the elderly, and, and when they're possessed, that's even worse. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so, also, it, it should be mentioned, uh, there's a backup, not a backup, but a reprint of a, a Walt Simonson-drawn story about the sort of the coming together of the Avengers. And it's, I mean, it's awesome. If you don't know what we're talking about when we say Walt Simonson, like, check this out. I yeah. love him. Oh, it's so good. It's really mm-hmm. nice. Uh, we're going to do something a little interesting for this episode. I, I thought it might be interesting to pair each of the comics we talk about with a classic film. Then um, Connor, Connor will suggest a wine. Okay, so, and I hope you know a lot of wines. So, um, <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this sort of couples retreat version of, uh, of Siege Aftermath Avengers Prime, uh, you might also enjoy Three Men and a Baby because it's also about three <laughs> friends um, and sort of their struggles, and uh, they have some issues together. And um, I think Steve Gutenberg would make a, a really good um, Thor. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I see where he's going with these. I, I want to know what's next when he, we talk about Brightest Day. Brightest <laughs> Day number three. I don't think I don't think I've been around to talk about this series yet. I, I don't remember. Think so. I haven't been reading it, so this is fantastic, and this is the closest they've come to recapturing the magic of Fifty Two. I think that they've come darn close. Yes. This proves that the weekly series is all about the writing team. In Fifty Two, mm-hmm. you had a fantastic writing team. Here, you've got Jeff Johns and Peter Tomasi. And that was always the problem with the last two series. So this is this has been great, and it's a it's I love that it's a slow burn, almost a drama series. 
it's not so much an action. I mean, there is action, there's fighting, but it's mostly about these characters coming to grips with being back and figuring out what's going on. And, and I like that there's new reveals every other week, and it's, it bounces between the characters really well, and it was, it's all, all handled very elegantly. And even the art team's strong. I mean, you've got, oh, yeah. you've got Ivan Reese doing, doing pages. You've got Artie and Sif. That's totally wrong. You know, Patrick Gleason. This is, these are strong artists, and this is mm-hmm. a great book. Yeah, I, I didn't know that sort of the format of 52 was something that I missed until I started reading this. And I was like, I, I really like having this, you know, every couple of weeks. And I, I love the, the sort of the anthology. And I know it's, it's probably not for everybody because it is, like you said, a slow burn and um, it might be frustrating. And then there's stuff like, you know, I don't really care about the Hawk and Dove stuff. And that's not in this issue. But I, I like everything going on with Hawkman and Hawkgirl. I like that Aquaman's frustrated he can only call upon dead fish. Yeah. Including big giant dead orcas. It's it's like every, every and it's it's been happening in every version of Brightest Day, every issue of this since Zero, where he tries to summon something and it's and it's a dead fish. I was like this is a real problem. Like this is this is this is this can't go on for much you longer. Your phone malfunctioning was like a thing. <laughs> I don't know. It just keeps dropping calls. I mean, uh, just think for zombie fish. Yeah. <laughs> just like oh come on, that one's dead too. It's just and Each whoever time I don't you think maybe it'll be okay this time. And it's yeah, that, not, that's what it feels like. Ugh. And he's, he just looks really frustrated and, and forlorn. But, uh, but who, I don't know which of the writers is working on the Martian Manhunter stuff, but that's, I think, my favorite. There's sort of this ongoing mystery with Martian Manhunter. And, and whoever's doing it, either Tomasi or Johns, the character voice like is Tomasi. really great. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that as well. And I, I, just, I would love to see you know, at least a mini or, or something with, with, uh, with his Martian isn't, Manhunter. Isn't Patrick Gleason drawing it? So it makes sense that it would be Tomasi? does look like him yeah yeah anyway i i I think the the drama aspect of it the unfolding mystery aspect of it is really strong i like that you get it every other week and it's and it's all done by a really high quality team and this has been a fantastic i mean we're only in three in of 26 but still i mean it's been fantastic and also playing too which i I know people are complaining about because it's it's called brightest day why is it so grim and why are there why are there muscles and sinews and things like well it's interesting beginning it's yeah. It's I mean that's the thing. Like it's the begin. Like this is what happens every time one of these things come up. People go, oh, this isn't happy. Like I want it to be. Well, give it a sec. You know, look at look at what he's done. Yeah. Look yeah. at the Flash Rebirth. I mean, come on. Give it he has a mind meld with a dog in here. It's delightful. I like the new reveal that Dead Man's White Ring releases when he tries to use it as a power. It releases avatars of all the returned heroes and villains, and he doesn't know why. That's cool. Yeah, it's like a Patronus. There's lots of cool, very interesting mysteries happening in this book, and I'm, I like getting more and more pieces of it every time we get an issue. That's a Harry Potter thing, Patronus. Yes. Okay. So what movie? Uh, Brightest Day. If you like Brightest Day, um, which I think is a great sort of ongoing mystery, especially with the uh, Martian Manhunter stuff, Serpico. <laughs> <laughs> sort of hard-boiled a little bit. I love that movie. So there you go. I just bought the book. I'm ready. <laughs> Hawkeye and Mockingbird number one, Josh. Lots of people were shocked this wasn't your pick of the week. Yeah. Here's the thing about this book. I really liked it. Just right, right off. I think that it showed great growth from both Jim McCann, the writer, and David Lopez, the artist. I thought that New Avengers The Reunion, which was the sort of prequel to this, I suppose, was, was good. But it was, like, it was, it was, it was new, newer guys, is what I think. And I thought that this showed a really, really nice structure. And re- like I was noticing, I was like, this is being built really well. And then the other thing is there was a lot here. I sort of poked fun at, at some of the dialogue. And I thought that it actually had been dialed back to be a little less cutesy coming out of Clint, for example. But still, mm. that same attitude was there. Not a bad thing. And there were a, there's just a whole lot going through. I'm flipping through it now, and I'm looking at all the stuff being set and all the things being put on the table. 
and it's a really full issue yeah and how it ties back but it didn't it didn't feel that way like when i was reading it i didn't flip a page and go oh look at all these words i really didn't feel like that and i think that that has something to do with the way it was written and i think that uh i think david lopez uh did a really good job with it his layouts uh, like he's gotten he's gotten even better he's getting Um, better and better he is and and the other thing is like one of the things in in the reunion i think that he he was a little weaker on some of the faces and as I go through this, like I'm getting used to this as being Clint Barton's face because people are drawing him all sorts of different ways. And I like Captain Steve's face in this too. Um, <laughs> it all, although he's in his suit here, I hate the energy shield. I know that's not anyone's fault, but I, I don't want him to have an energy shield. Yeah. I don't know why. That really bugs me. I loved the scene with Captain Steve and Clint. I, I was like, oh, that is what I want right there. And it shows that development, that maturation of their you know, relationship because like, it starts off right away where he's like, he called me a Boy Scout. And like that's of course what what Clint mm-hmm. always used to say to Steve, and it, it's just like that. It's really nice to see these two guys together, and then bringing um, in Bucky yeah. too, and and just the sort of how he doesn't quite fit in, and it, you know, it's it's they don't have that same familiarity, and then at the same time, like the stuff about how Clint and Bobby are both lying to each other and doing stuff presumably for their own better good is disturbing. Like you don't want it to happen, which is what you want to do with characters. You want to like go, no, don't do that. You're you're hurting me. You know, Crossfire is is an old villain. I actually he was the villain from their very first yeah. miniseries. Yeah, I didn't really know too much about the Phantom Rider stuff, but all that stuff is in the back. The back matter here is really instructive and really helpful. And I, so I was glad I read through all that too. I was pretty happy. I like the way it was done too. It was done as interviews between the two of them talking about each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it was good. The the reason it probably wasn't pick of the week was that it was a little bit like a pilot, and a pilot sometimes is more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? establishing yes it's trying to get work done rather than actually getting you in the gut and it did work and it did work very well and, and i liked it for that but i didn't feel it as much i'm not trying to justify it or anything i really like this a lot and i thought it was a great start and i think it can only get better so i'm, I'm glad this is going on this is good, yeah, good it's stuff. really really great chemistry too and it's, it's a more interesting relationship than you know the comparable green arrow and black canary i think which yes. is all about passion, and this is more. This is interesting. There's all the machinations going on in the background, like you said, and uh, I, had, I had a lot of fun with it. So, if you liked Hawkeye and Mockingbird, you might like To Kill a Mockingbird, which features a really stunning performance from Gregory Peck. I, I don't see. <laughs> I don't see I don't, <laughs> All right, <laughs> Red Robin number thirteen is the first issue written by Fabian Niciesa and art by Marcus Two or Toe, who's been doing it the uh, last the last couple of issues anyway. S- Scuttlebutt is people are happy about this. Yes, this is a great put to jump back on if you've been off the book or you've been looking to maybe thinking about picking up the book. It's really written very much as a new jumping on point. This is Tim Drake's official return to Gotham. He's been back in Gotham for a while, but now he's basically back in the fold, swinging around the rooftops of Batman and Robin. He's got his groove back. He's got his groove back. They're, they're quippy. They're, it's no they're, foreshadowing to my movie choice. but They're <laughs> acting like brothers do. <laughs> uh, if you saw our best panel feature of the week, we, we featured a panel uh, of them bantering like brothers. And Fabian Niciesa, or however you pronounce his name, I'm sorry, he's done some Batman work here and there. He did some Nightwing issues. He, did, he's, he, does, he does a really good job with the characters. and he did, That shows through here. And this is just a you know, really solid group, you know, Batman family issue with uh, all the characters being set up, the relationships being reestablished so that if you're a new reader, you can, you can figure out what's going on and, and uh, good stuff. And this guy, Marcus Toe or two, he was an inker for a long time on the book and now he's the full-blown penciler and he's great. He's really, he's got a nice... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really style. strong. And this, it, it, it's going back to when it was just Robin, the book, and it was, it was Tim Drake and I, I've missed Tim Drake for, for a while now. So this was, a, this was a great, refreshing sort of surprise. So Yeah. If you've been off the book, are you thinking about it? Red Robin 13 is, is, a, is a really good jumping on point. You got a film, Paul? 
A film for uh, for Red Round? Yeah. Um, I chose uh, Speed Racer because it's about brotherhood. Okay. All right. Next book. <laughs> That's how you clear a room out. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to talk about Superman slash Batman Annual number four, which is Paul Levitz and Renato Gades or Guedes doing uh, Batman Beyond before they get into the, the Adam Beach and miniseries. So this is a, a big full issue. And if you liked Batman Beyond, this is more of that. And it sort of proves that this is a continuity and a concept that really works. They're it, slowly snaking it into the DCU. It's it's really I mean it's it's a it's a really cool world and I mean Batman Beyond as a series was great and um, this features you know it, it's it's a it's a great dynamic because it's it's sort of like what they're doing with Batgirl in that there's Stephanie's out there as Batgirl and then Barbara is Oracle back of the Batcave and they're they're communicating back and forth and that sort of all started back in Batman Beyond with Bruce as a cantankerous old man with Ace the Bat Hound. And he's on the computer talking to Terry McGinnis, the new Batman, who's sort of like a, a mold of Batman and Spider-Man together. You know, and there's, there's some, some, there was some teen angst in, uh, in the series, but that's, that's not really here. He's, he's matured now. And there's some, some drugs coming into Gotham from the grittier Metropolis, which is it's an interesting development. And Metallo's in here, and uh, Lex Luthor is in here as a very old liver-spotted man. And um, the only thing I just wish that this was uh, like a, a three, a, like a two-parter or a three-issue mini or something, because there is a lot packed in here. There's a lot of story, but it's all really good, and the art is really gorgeous. Renato Gatiss is really good. He's, he did yeah. Supergirl. He did Superman. He yeah. did. Uh, he's how's, really really uh, good. How's Levitz? How how's old man Levitz? I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated by it because he used to. He was very recently was the boss of everything. Yeah. And now he's just a writer. Like he's like he calls the editor, the editor's like, Yeah, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> I felt, how must that be? I felt in comparison to the Legion stuff, which I'd been really looking forward to, I think this is a bit stronger. Um there's still it's just it's a lot of information dumping, but it does the, the the rhythm's a bit better and it 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 does work and I think the uh, the ideas are pretty cool and you've got the old Superman in in black and he had been um under the power of Starro for a while. And he lost Lois that way, and and now he's back, and it's it's a it's a brooding kind of Kingdom Come Superman, but uh, it's 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 good stuff. I, I I recommend checking this out. It was it was a fun single issue, and it explains everything you need to know about Batman Beyond, even if you hadn't watched the show. And um, let's see, where's my note? Okay, it's uh, you have a list. Um, uh, Gattaca, because that also takes place in the future. Actually, I can I can actually see that somewhat. I'm glad that you're not just coming up with these off the top of your head. No. (laughs) He put lots of thought into them. I woke up in a cold sweat like last night at like 4 o'clock in the morning and I wrote them down. Discount comic book service. (laughs) I wrote them like 15 minutes ago. Moving on. Discount comic book service offers monthly specials up to 75% off. You get 40% off all your major publishers with flat rate shipping of $5.95 on all U.S. orders. You can buy anything listed in previews. They've got over 9,000 trade paperbacks that are in stock and available for order right now. You can track your orders online. It's all available at dcbservice.com. And you see more and more people talking about DCBS now that the prices are continuing to rise and now that DC is jumping on the 309 bandwagon. The, the, the nice thing about it is that like, we also have been talking so much about like, on the site about previews and how to order your comics and make sure you get what you want. This is a, I mean, this, it's a good option. I mean, if you're not me, it's a really good option. Not us. If you don't have to do a show every week. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm always jealous of the people talking about. Oh, I got my box today, and it's a box full of comics, and it's it's stuff that I picked up at the shop like over the past few weeks. But they got a box, and it's like Christmas. 
It's a nice surprise. Opening up a box. You know what? There's another great Avengers book out right now. It's called Avengers The Origin. It's another miniseries. This is issue three. Joe Casey, Phil Noto. We're just neck deep in, in fun Avengers comics right now. It's true. The, this, is, this is following the... Either of you reading this? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, wow. I, for some reason, I didn't expect anyone to. Sorry about that, Joe. Anyway, Joe Casey writes Avengers. Yeah, Joe Casey... Old school Avengers, and I will be there. His deal Elf. is that he gets to write, apparently, when he does for Marvel, they go, pick the favorite time for you, and just tell those stories again. He's done it with the Avengers several times. He's done it with the X-Men. He's done it with Iron Man. And it's awesome, because it's out of continuity. This is actually a retelling of the Avengers origin. It's almost like a low-key book, but you know, it's I don't know. It's updating their origin, I suppose, or or maybe it isn't. Who cares? Art by Phil Noto, favorite of mine. I think his art on this is a lot better than the last time we saw him on something where it was really stiff. I forget what it was. It was little, that war book. Yeah, a little less. Does no, nah, he he did something for Marvel or DC. Did the Jonah Hex issue? Meh, he was good on those. There was something he did in the middle that I was really looking forward to. Oh, it was Batman, Doc Savage? Was it that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that yeah. was so great. This one, the first issue of this, I got a little. I, I didn't. I wasn't really following it all that well because I don't think I knew what we were doing. I know it was the Avengers origin, but this is just going through and, and sort of placing the classic Avengers origin into now because they have cell phones and blah blah blah. Highlights out of this issue include the <laughs> reintroduction of Meccano. The circus clown Hulk. Ron's 2009 Halloween costume. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I can't help but think that we had something to do with putting that idea in there. I just, I just. You really like to subscribe a lot of influence over Joe Casey. I don't think we have. I do. No, just that. Just I, I was like. And the Herm. Yeah. Well, the Herm. Yeah. We gave him a shirt. Is all I'm saying. But there was a panel in here where Hulk Hulk says Herm, and I was like, that is fantastic. That made me so happy. That was worth the whole book. But besides that, also this is really this is a fun Hank Pym story. Hank Pym sort of. Trying to, he's like getting discovery. He gets to use the Stark Labs, and, and he's he's getting all of his stuff to work out. And at this point, he hasn't beaten up the Wasp yet, so they're still really getting along, and they're flirty. <laughs> and the Hulk is is sort of intelligent, and and Iron Man is in his big goofy costume, which is really fun. And everybody still thinks he's the bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. Fun. And it's just it's just harkens back to a really fun time, and and this is the thing that Casey's really good at is writing it in this other time period where he has that touch of modern and that touch of classic all at the same time. He makes it work really well, uh, and the covers for this have also been spectacular. And a great cameo by Burt Reynolds as the circus ringmaster. <laughs> Not a surprise. It's it's that silver fox, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> I love this book. It's so much fun. I love the Noto arts. It's perfect for like it's a throwbacky style sort yep. of, but without being you know retro. It's still very modern. And just just this is Casey's wheelhouse. I and mean, this is just uh, and, uh, yeah. If he can do these books, that's fun. that's great. And if you liked um, Avengers: The Origin number three, you might also like the film Honey I Shrunk the Kids because it also involves cooperation <laughs> with ants. <laughs> that's my favorite so far. <laughs> he didn't go with the obvious ants. <sighs> Irredeemable number 14 came out. I just wanted to bring this up because I liked it a lot because I think it got, I'm not going to say it got off track, but it went somewhere that I was getting less interested in recently. And I feel like it pulled everybody back together in this one because it, it got off on this thing where they were, we were suddenly dealing with all these other characters that we didn't really know all that well and they were, they were kind of horrible. Yeah, you know? well, everyone's horrible in this book. I That's, know. They're, all they're kind of irredeemable. Hey, now. Oh, it's a whole oh. thing. Now, oh, I, yeah. I understand that Peter Krause is busy with Parenthood. Parenthood, right. But I really missed him on this book. Really? Yeah. I, Diego Barreto was, was fine. Fine fill-in. The style was similar enough. But there was a couple of panels. That were just like, And especially the last page, mm-hmm. full page shot was kind of like, ugh. Norm! Peter Krause <laughs> is so, for me, he's so tied to the look and feel of the book, the character yeah. models, and just uh, the atmosphere and the environment that when he's not there, I, sort of go, I get disappointed. But this was good. The tightrope this book walks is, how do you maintain this story for so long? Because this is... 
an evil Superman and how long can you really get by before he kills everyone? It's funny because it feels like a book being written by somebody new and going to, and then you realize that it's Mark Wade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's, it's impressive, I guess. Uh, he's sort of, he's sort of doing a different style and this used to do what he wants, which is really cool. A friend of mine just picked up the first trade and she texted me and said, I really enjoyed it. Irredeemable. And I said, yeah, it's kind of sneakily demented and pervy. And she said, kinda. Yeah. I like that aspect of it. It's, it's Mark Wade's demented side, which is fun. Invincible number 72. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. oh sorry. Now, I read Abbott. Irredeemable. I read Irredeemable in trade, so I didn't read this issue. But I, I imagine that if you like this, you would also have to like Cop and a Half. Because my dad <laughs> took a day off of work. And this was originally out in theaters, and we got to go see it in theaters. And really an overlooked Burt Reynolds film. Um, <laughs> wait, what does it have to wait. do with Irredeemable? It's just a good movie. Okay. It's just if you like one thing that's good. <laughs> you like something that's good. You don't... <laughs> it's, it's a goddamn art. Don't You're giving away the, the eleven herbs and spices, man. This is all right. We can't. Don't look behind the curtain. Let's just move on to Invincible Seventy Two. Afterwards, I'll go through and, and watch the movie. Like, oh my god, he was right. I don't know how. Well, there's the part where Burt Reynolds kills everyone. Yeah. Uh, Invincible Seventy Two starts up the Viltrumite War. All the stuff that's been going on all the time. Basically, lots of lots of really violent battles in space are going on here. And so this is Ryan Otley at his best. Uh, and, and again, I don't know where he t- finds the time to do all of this work, but really he does a blood splatter. And then uh, there's a really nice two-page spread that where the sort of the, the angles all askew and things are off because they're in space. So like not, there's no up or down or anything like that. And it's just this wonderful, wonderful piece. I bet the original pencils for it are, are spectacular. And then at the end, someone else gets their guts ripped out, uh, which, is, which is like a thing lately. But it's quite grisly is what I'm saying, which is not just... going to surprise anyone. I just bought the 10th trade, and I'm excited to get to that one. And I just bought the uh, second library edition, which is, which is exciting. Ooh. Because Ryan Ollie art, big, big style page is oh. fantastic. He's a guy whose art, I mean, the bigger it gets, the better it's going to look. I think. That's really why I bought it. Like, uh-huh. I have all the trades. I don't need it for the story, but if, to get the Ryan Ollie in absolute size is... is uh, I don't is, need him to leave this book, but I would really love to see him on some other stuff. You know what I mean? I just think it'll be, it'll be awesome to see. But well, like scalped? Keep up with it. Probably not scalped, no. No, that's probably not his thing. Now, Paul, you read... I'm I, so, sorry, I'm sorry. I keep all right, jumping on I don't, I don't read Invincible, but um, I do own a thesaurus, so Unbreakable. <laughs> unbreakable? Kind of weak, I'll be honest. I, I know. Well, <laughs> this idea to be in the bathtub the entire time is not really panning out because Wasn't I'm all... Wasn't there a movie called the Invincible? Movie invincible? With, yeah, with Mark Wahlberg. Okay. I actually know a guy who was an extra in that. Say hi to your alien guts for me. Kind of a douchebag, but... All right, so... <laughs> The guy. Yeah, we better hurry up because I'm getting really pruny. I look like a Dick Tracy villain at this point. Red so Hood, it, The Lost Days, number one. This is the first issue of the six-issue mini written by Judd Winnick. With art by Pablo Raimondi, who you'll know from X-Force back in the day. X-Factor. X-Factor. I'm, I'm surprised you bought this. You know what? I Because I was like, uh, Jason Todd. No one I don't likes like Jason, Jason Todd. Todd. What I do like is when we interviewed Judd Winnick in... One of the cons, one of the many cons, I was trying to tell people about stuff that happened at cons, con stories, and I couldn't place them at a specific con. I was looking for an interview that we did the other day to link on the site, and I was looking in the wrong year entirely. <laughs> so I, I was like, we talked to him at this con, and I was like, oh no, that was two years prior, oh god. Yeah, so I don't remember which con it was just winning. It was probably San Francisco, that's where he lives. And it was either off camera or on camera, I don't remember which, but he's talking about how he doesn't understand the love for Jason Todd, because Jason Todd is clearly a psychopath. And I like that he sees him properly. At least he understands that he is not a hero. So then, that in that sense, I was interested in this. And this is actually very, very good. It starts off in the past with Ra's al Ghul briefing his daughter Talia in the day's events and what he needs done because she's his right-hand woman. 
and you know he needs this person killed, and he needs this uranium shipment sent here, and and then he sort as, as an aside, he sort of says, oh, and by the way, the detective's partner was killed by the Joker, and he moves on to the next thing, and so she stops dead cold in tracks because she's in love with Batman, and then we jump into the future where we find out that. Ra's al Ghul and Talia have been sort of hiding Jason Todd this whole time and been training him. Very, very similar to Bucky Winter Soldier story, even more. Oh. I enjoy this quite a bit. It was good stuff. I was surprised by it. And I, I like all the stuff with, with the father and daughter with, uh, with Raish and Talia. It was really nice. Yes. And uh, if, you, if you liked this, you'll probably like Under the Red Hood, the animated <laughs> film which is coming out. Uh, also Sidekicks, which is a great martial arts film. Featuring Chuck Norris and the kid from Sequest who killed er, himself. Ernie, Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah. He killed himself? Yeah. No, not Ernie no. Reyes Jr. The other no. kid. No, the Jonathan. Kid. He was also in Never Ending Story 2. No, I know. Jonathan. A lot of sitcoms. Yeah. But yeah. Ernie Reyes Jr. is still alive as far as we know. Joe Piscopo is also in it. Wow. He is alive. Now I just died. I, I, now I don't know how old you are. I know. It's a, yeah. Paul, hit us with the last book. What's the last book? Welcome I'm to show number at, six. Oh, The Muppet Show, right. That's really good. The Muppet Show is a great book if you have, I guess, children, and then also if you're a child at heart like myself. And uh, it's about Robin, who is uh, Kermit's uh, nephew, and no one ever notices him. And uh, he sees this woman come in, and, he's got a, and she's got a briefcase, and it says CEO on it. And uh, he thinks that she's from the orphanage, and um, it turns out that she's not from the orphanage, and he's going to run away. And uh, he hangs out with some vagrants, and there's like a whole one-page thing where they do the death of a salesman with the frog boy scouts or the frog scouts. Kids love Arthur Miller references. I know. So, but it's, it's really funny and there's no words and there's one of the frogs is in like a sheet, like a, like a Halloween ghost costume because the one brother is dead in death of a salesman. And I thought it was really funny because I, I took some theater classes in college. When he meets with the vagrants, does he look to score? This isn't that that kind of book. So freebasing. This isn't. No, this isn't J.T. Cruel's Muppet Show. This is, but this is. uh, It's a lot of fun, and there's. I I, I love how there's like a there's there's great vignettes, and it's a lot of great visual storytelling in this book. So even if you're not a kid, you can appreciate what this guy's doing in in the comic. And this is the guy who's going to be doing um, the Thor book, right, with Somni. Oh, language. Language, yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, so that that makes me even more excited about about that Thor book coming out because he he just does some really great stuff with uh, sequential storytelling. So I'm looking forward to the Warriors three doing Death of the Salesman. Yes, that'll be fun. And uh, if you liked this, you will like the Great Muppet Caper because there are Muppets in it. On the nose. Also, Dark Crystal. On the nose. Okay. Less so, but Noises Off, which is about a play within a there play. There you go. There you go. Nice work. Awesome. Wow. So that was what we thought of this week's books. Come to iFanboy. Make your pull list. You can rate and review your books. and You can write our user reviews. And so we talk about it on the show here. So let's get to it. The first one is from Simon1, who spells with a PSY. He reviewed iZombie number two. He gave the story a three out of five and the art a four out of five. And 0.22% of the iFanbase made it the pick of the week. And Simon says, <laughs> iZombie 2 seemed quite a bit different than the first in that it jumped around to so many different sets of characters quite a lot. It was hard to tell who the main character was, which is obviously Gwen the Zombie throughout the comic, but all the different groups of people f- were filled with distinct, intriguing characters that the reader can start to like or dislike. What sets iZombie apart is the excellent use of colors throughout the first two issues, especially issue two. The cover gives a great glimpse of what the reader can expect inside. All Red does an excellent job here, and, and it alone can be worth the price of admission. Thoughts? With the first issue, I was really torn. I thought the art was amazing. It was really, really strong. And, um, and, and the coloring also really strong. The script, not so much. It just, it just didn't do anything for me. And I was thinking about picking the second one up. But 
No. So. Josh, same thing. Same thoughts. I'm not even a big all red fan, so. What do you like? Not all red. You like jock. That's all you like. No, that's not true at all. You know it. All right. I've no, seen the show. You know, I, it's it, it was not my it's not my thing. So I didn't I didn't keep reading it. it I read the second issue. It was better, but in the same sense that Paul said, I'm not really into it. I enjoyed it more than the first issue, which was like Paul, the stuff of the story was very sort of average and the art was great. And this issue, the art actually was not as good as the first issue and the story mm-hmm. was better. So it sort of flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. And it's intriguing. There's zombies. They've added the vampires in sort of an interesting way. But I don't know. I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to pick it up the third issue or not yet. I'm torn. All right. Well, sticking with the Vertigo theme, I be agree. <laughs> Awesome. It says of Sweet Tooth number 10, which he gives the story a 5 out of 5 and the art out of 5 out of 5. And the pick of the week is 11.5%. This might be my favorite issue of Sweet Tooth yet. I said it earlier this week that I felt Gus's half of the story had been neglected of late. And I was looking forward to seeing Jeff Lemire uh, refocus the plot. Lemire. I know, but I was trying to push through. Refocus okay. the plot on the titular character. And guess what? I got exactly what I wanted. Jeopard is nowhere to be seen in this issue as we go in deep into Sweet Tooth's repressed memories of a childhood in the woods with his father. Many questions are finally answered, at least partially. And as in any great ongoing serialized narrative, the more we learn about Gus's past, the more questions are raised. I don't think I've been as eager for the next issue of this series as since the last page reveal at the end of number five. I think that he's right. This has been the best issue in a while, mostly on the art front. He really, he really pushed it uh, in terms of layouts and, and things like that. And it was kind of a trippy story anyway, so he really got to go nuts uh, on on the panels and things like that, which was which was really nice. At this, yeah, walking walking through the antlers, yeah, it's a really crazy visual. And then walking into his ear, which could have been way over the top, but I think with the way Lemire writes the dialogue and everything, and how it's so grounded and natural, mm-hmm. that it worked. Yeah, no, it I haven't heard a lot of talk about this book in a while from uh, from you guys. Well, here's the thing, and I think that Connor, I. For me, I think that you made the right call in reading it in trade. That's uh, it's it's not a lot happens from each one. They're very quick reads, and that's not a bad thing about it all. But it, it just kind of feels like I, I don't know. I feel like it might be more fun to read. It, I, I do typically read it in trade. I picked this up because I knew we were going to be talking about it on the show, and it's uh, I, I think the the way he rations out information is really really nice when you're reading it as a trade. Not to say that it's it's bad in single issues. But I think it's it's a really great job of world building he's doing. It, it, I mean, like the, the issues breathe a lot. He's not trying to cram a bunch in there, and and in a way that's good. But he's a long t- game player. Like he yeah. plays that deep game where you like you know, Essex County is a is a thick tome, and it you know it's, it takes its time building character and setting in place. Yeah, I but I mean, the fact is, like you can read that big Essex County thing in not a whole lot of time. You know, like it, it just—it's not not like a really heavy read, even though it feels really long. Because well, his style is spare, yeah. that's and, and that's great. It's fine, yeah. but it doesn't it, for for issues. It, it doesn't make me quite as happy as I, I want it. I, I hope this gets a, a nice, like, healthy run, and it's it, it could be something like Why the Last Man. That's that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. I think it's as powerful and as interesting in terms of how the information comes out. Yeah, and, and you know, like this is issue ten. I think this has been pick of the week twice already by me. So, you know, it's not like I don't like the series, mm-hmm. isn't, but, but it's just, you know, because of the pace, like, a lot doesn't happen a lot. It's just there's a lot of nice character stuff, and so it's, it's good. But anyway, you get the point. Do you have a suggestion for this, or does that count? Oh, for, uh, yeah. Um, oh, I said, also, iZombie. What? Oh, iZombie, I said Life is a House, because it's touching. And uh, <laughs> Sweet Tooth, I said burn notice and i don't remember why what that's not a, that's a TV it's not show. a movie it's a tv series but I it is pretty good i can't argue and with what i wrote it's about a fugitive sort of <laughs> uh 
All right, so those are user reviews. You go to iFanboy.com every week. You can find the comics page. You can make your pull list. You can rate and review books. And if you write a good review, we'll, we'll feature on the show. So make them good. Let me ask you a question. Uh, people out there... <laughs> He's getting me back because we grumbled about his, his suggestions. Hey, uh, do you like the show and the site and all the stuff that you get for free? Well, yeah. Oh, you're talking to them. Okay, I, well, you can be the... You can role play if you okay, want. Okay, all right. Well, okay. I, I do, sir. I don't know. I like chili, though. There's a lot of good, e- good and easy ways to support iFanboy, and we really appreciate it if you do. Uh, make sure you check out the sponsors we talked about. We were talking about uh, DCBS, who sponsors this show, and the people who advertise on the site. Click on those banners. Get over there. Or if you're buying anything on Amazon, you can go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon and click on the little Powered by Amazon button. It'll just take you right into Amazon.com, and anything you buy there will help support the site. Uh, no cost or extra effort to you, but if you do that, then you just bookmark that, that address for Amazon as your address for Amazon. You That's never have to I've think done. about it again. And Connor has. Connor has actually retroactively bought us a Porsche. Yes. I don't know if anyone knows that. I bought through Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> um, or Man, can... Chris is going to be really pissed about that when he's yeah. delivering. True enough. Yeah. Uh, Chris, is that your guy? Yeah. Let's not, let's not get into that. Let's okay. not get into it too deep. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's frightening. You're, you're referring to my first name now. You can buy T-shirts that we have. There's the Fear Agent shirt, which is a very lovely have shirt. It. I like wearing my <laughs> Already did. What do you got for me now? There'll be other ones in the future. There's one coming up soon before San Diego. There's one coming up yeah, before cool. San Diego. Also, you can be an iFanboy member. And Paul, I believe you did try to join them. We went, get away. Get away, okay. son. Yeah. You can't be eligible for the giveaways. We told you. We've had this discussion between us and HR. It's like and a you. country club. It's just, I don't... If you are an iFanboy member... Carol HR told you and she sent you a letter. That is your way of saying, definitively, I really like this. It's a big, important part of my life and I want to help support it for... Uh, relatively low cost, four bucks a month. You can pay that for a bad comic, or ten bucks a month if you really feel like being a good guy. But we'll take either. For that, you become eligible for the contest that we do on a very regular basis. We'll send you a little prize pack with a comic book, and if the higher level, you get a T-shirt as well. And and also just more the the thanks of a grateful nation, meaning us. But I mean that's that's just the way to be like you know what this this stuff is important to me, and I really appreciate it, and I can do this little thing to help out and, and keep it going. And uh, we really appreciate the people who do that, and then the people who sign up as we keep going. And, and do it on an ongoing basis. So thank you all very much. Uh, and to do the iFanboy membership, you can go to iFanboy.com slash store. Let's move on with the show. Enough of that. Okay, email time. First email from Pat from Philly, which is Philadelphia for all of you who don't know. Pat was saying, I, want, I was wondering if there's any good mystery comics, whether it be a crime or sort of like weird mysteries like in Lost. Yeah, I didn't have an answer for him, so I thought none of you might. Watchmen. Did you guys have an answer? Watchmen. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you don't know what the end of Watchmen is now by this point, I'm trying to – I had a really hard time with this. Mystery one. is hard in comics. Because a lot of people don't have the patience for the unfolding mystery stories. Identity uh, crisis. That's a good one. That is a good one, by the way. Although when I first time I read it, I didn't know who the hell anybody was. I was like, okay. I, I don't know who that was, but there's the killer. Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Yep. That's, a, that's a mystery comic. And then I think Gotham Central. I mean, Batman's the detective, so that's sort of easy stuff. But I think there's a lot of mystery stuff that goes on in, in Gotham Central, too. I'm sure there are others. And if you want to... If you want to let us know, you can comment under the show and let us know. From hell? That looking at my shelf. From hell's not really... Hulk. Hulk? There Red it is. Hulk. Red Hulk. The Red Hulk. Red Hulk. There you go. The greatest mystery of our modern age. <laughs> I want to see that on a cover. <laughs> no, Patrick, <laughs> wow, that's the greatest mystery book. of our... Oh, the, uh, the, the Vertigo crime books. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of them. Some of them better than others. Why the Last Man is sort of... You know, in a way. Although at the end they say it's not about the mystery, so it kind of undercuts the whole mystery angle of it. It kind of was. What happened? It doesn't matter. Anyway. Lobo uh, Fan writes in. guy. What's that about? <laughs> it's a mystery. Lobo Fan writes and says, all right, before I ask this question, I would like to have it on the record that I love Frank Miller's work. You got that? Yes. 
good. Then I can ask this. Do you guys believe that Miller's writing level is up to par with his art? To explain, I read 305 times in a single night, but can't seem to remember specific phrases from the book, whereas his art is vivid in my mind. By the way, my favorite movie changes five times in a single year because I memorize every action and phrase from my, the movie. So my mental acuity is not what causes this problem. Also, I'm not saying that his script sucks. What I mean is, other than the Joker smoking as he enters the room and saying, I'm going to kill everyone in this room, Frank Miller's writing is forgettable when set next to his art. So what I'm wondering is this. Is it just me or can you see what I mean? Thank you. I think you're coming out from the wrong angle. Because in a movie, people say things, and then that audio gets trapped in your head as a thing like that. I don't tend to remember a lot of comic book dialogue either. But also with Frank Miller, he's a guy who's working with words and images and putting those things together. If something sticks in your head, it's a moment. It's a feeling. It's the way that it looks. It may not necessarily be the words. But I don't... I th- yeah, the dialogue in movies is, tends to be the, the main thrust because it's the sound. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and in the comics, it's the art because it's the visual because you're not hearing the sound. I mean, so that's well, sort of... D- dialogue isn't everything that you know falls under writing writing is also action so those visuals that he's he's doing in 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 300 it's it's not just like i mean they look cool the way he's rendered them but those are his decisions as to yeah you know sometimes i think people don't understand what comic writers actually do they're not just scripting the pages they're they're writing the action too so the writing is part of every it's not like back in the day where they had like like jack kirby like drawing the whole comic and then Stan came in and like wrote in, you know, the dialogue. Yeah, like when there was a silent issue a while back, people were complaining that the writer, you know, the writer shouldn't have got. There's paid. no writing. No one wrote anything it's, in here because it's, there, yeah, it's no hard, it's, <laughs> It is harder to write a silent page than it is to write one with dialogue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that, in that sense, I don't agree that Frank Miller's. I also really like Frank Miller's writing. It's very pulpy, and, and but I, I, I mean, you know, I, I can think of dialogue from The Dark Knight Returns. Totally. And, and I, that, to me, the story is as important as the art. The art's really important. It's one of the reasons why I don't like the sequel, because the art, art style had changed in the intervening years. It didn't feel like the same world to me. But, you know, the story is what got me originally in that book. Because yeah. when, when, when I was a kid and I read it, you know, I wasn't attuned enough to really like the art as much as I did the story. I just think that it all works together. Like, it's, sure. it's, not, it's not a separate thing anymore with his work. They just yeah. all sort of go together, but you're going to remember parts of it that, you know, remember what you do. But the thing is, like, I don't – like, when you hear somebody say dialogue in a movie, I know everything in Goodfellas too, and I've read Watchmen a billion times. I, I can't think of any quotes from Watchmen off the top of my head. It doesn't mean Alan Moore's writing is no good. I still picture Welcome to Hell when he yeah. re- reaches to the ground and grabs the guy. I mean, that's – it works together. It's the image plus the dialogue. It's all, it's all the same package. If you've got an email for us, write contact at ifanboy.com. Tell us where you're from. Tell us your name. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you either on the show or – Via the electronic message. <laughs> or, the we- or, the, or the weekly letters column. The All right, so voicemail time. Let's do a couple of voicemails really quick. Our first voicemail has another either-or scenario. Jason from Canada. Do you guys think that there is a happy medium between the collector mentality and the reader mentality? That is to say, the CGC grading with a magnifying glass people versus the toss it on the coffee table bend it fold it in your pocket people talk to me about all that it's an interesting perspective because uh as we've seen uh based on our little uh ripping a comic book out of its cgc shell uh some people are very uh still available on youtube if you want to check that out yeah uh and and the comments are really quite i can't i still can't afford a shirt every time we get an email saying this new comment in the video i get excited yeah it's it's good and, and it's a little facetious on our part. I understand why there are collectors and people who do that. Uh, for me, you know, they, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. But I, what I don't want is stuff, that, that, that collector stuff, to infect my ability to enjoy something, which I don't think happens all that much. But 
when like I can't buy the cover I want or this doesn't happen so much, but Connor, you were talking about I forget what issue it was, but you said you you went and bought it in the store. Oh, it was Death of Superman. It was ten dollars the day it was on sale. Like yeah, that, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. And I, I don't want what? that. I don't like that. That causes. I I, th- I know Marvel does stuff from time to time to increase the collectability of their books, and that always bothers me because I yeah. I just want to. It's a it's a product, you know, and I guess there's some collectability, but I feel like the whole thing is so small now. You know, they're trying to manufacture an era that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't know if people are reading comics to make, which I guess in, t- in that sense can make comics more collectible because there's less of them. But there are, then again, there aren't going to be many people who care mm-hmm. anymore. It's a, it's a victimless crime, though, right? At this point, pretty it's much. Not, I mean, if you're going to collect stuff, it's. I mean, it's it's you know. I, I still it I mean, scratches your itch. I still I, th- I think it's I still think it's ridiculous to encase a fairly modern comic book so that it's unreadable and then sort of like assigning a value to it. And like I get it, some things like a, a Walking Dead original number one is worth a ton of money now because it's rare and people want to have it. And I get that. I've I've certainly been there, and I don't mind that people are charging more for it. But like those are very rare cases. I mean, I get if you have a copy of a 1930s Batman story and you don't want it to degrade anymore. I get sealing that thing. There up. are truly valuable comics, and that's right. a, that is one of them. I I do applaud CGC and Wizard for creating a market and an industry out of thin air. And they basically yeah. they, that's basically what they did with their CGC grading. They basically started grading these comics, and all of a sudden these modern comics were worth things because they said they were. I mean, when we were kids, there was a price guide in the back of Wizard, and but there was no there was no CGC stuff. That stuff didn't exist. But now everything, anything to be, that was supposed to be like that's the only way that something's worth something, apparently, which is which is pretty interesting. Like it's it's like a monopoly. But is there a happy medium? Yes. I mean, there's there's lots of mediums. There's there's people all along the spectrum between collectors and readers, and you know, I uh, I was just putting books in a in a in a drawer box yesterday. I didn't bag them, but I put them in a box. I mean, yeah, there's, I that's, think that's, that's. I mean, there's there's people all along the way. Yeah, although I hate being stuck behind the guy who's trying to find his perfect copy. Yes. I will push him out of the way and grab that top copy every time. And then afterwards, I saw it was nicked, and I was like, well, I guess he was right then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but, like, I still have tendencies. Like, I don't know if I would fold up a comic and stick it in my back pocket. I'm close. I mean, there's things I would do. I don't find, like, it used to be all comic books were sacred, and Mm -hmm. now I'm mostly over that. But some of them, like, like, I'll get a little fold. I'll be like, oh. I have rolled them up in recent times a lot. Good. Or, or turn them around like a newspaper, like folded the paper back. It's almost though like like that's what you do, and this is what we do, and and ne'er the twain shall meet. For the, yeah, I don't think know. it necessarily has to be a war. It just no. means necessarily you don't have the same interests. You know, like people who are super collectors, I don't have the same interest in the, in the medium that they do. We have different. We have different. We come from different angles. Probably gonna poke fun at you though. Yes, well that's our job. We poke it's fun not, at. That's not really a war I want to see either. Because what would you fight with? And the paper cuts. And- well, I mean, I'd, I'd roll up my comics, use them as a bludgeon. Yeah, and then they would be so shocked that you would win immediately. <laughs> there you go. We make fun of each other. We make fun of you. We make fun of the collectors. Everyone gets made fun of equally at a fanboy. And, and, and we can't afford good shirts. Really, our next, you have to go to that YouTube video to see what <laughs> I'm talking about. Our next voicemail has a very interesting question. Hey, fanboys. My name is Danny. I'm from Washington, D.C. And I got a question for you about what you think is the best non-comic book uh, sort of adaptation or story, you know, superhero adaptation or story in another medium, not in comics. So we're talking film, television, uh, novels, you know, video games, all that sort of thing. So we were talking about this a new upcoming superhero show called No Ordinary Family with Michael Chiklis in it. We were talking about the Walking Dead series coming out next season. So we were wondering what you guys thought was the best adaptation of a superhero story or the best superhero story told not in comic books. 
So he's asking, and I think he used the word adaptation where he didn't mean to, the best superhero stories in another medium besides comics that didn't come from comics. So we'll say original superhero properties, right. non-comics. Sure. Um, Dark Knight. There, are, no. <laughs> there was some basis for that. Okay. Um, there, I feel like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Watchmen. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Josh. Okay, there's not a lot of time left. Is all I'm Sorry, saying. We're okay. running late. What's funny is that when you read a lot of, when you watch a lot of stuff like this or whatever, you you find that you're like, hey, that's sort of familiar to the comics that do already exist. But I think if I had to come up with an answer, I would say the best thing that I can think of is probably The Incredibles, which is not okay. specifically based on go. a comic okay. book. I mean, it takes from the 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 norm. You know, if uh, another example would be Heroes, I'm not going to recommend that. No, I wouldn't put that on a best list. Uh, but but I think it, I think The Incredibles is the best one because they, it, it mixed a sort of a lighthearted, fun thing with the the ability to do all those things in that CGI animated world. You know, better than Sky High. Oh, I was gonna say Sky High. I like Sky High. <laughs> it was, no, it was good, but The Incredibles was better. No, The Incredibles was better, but I like Sky High a lot. That was my answer. You stole my answer, you son of a bitch. Sorry. The Dead Poet Society. I have another answer. Actually, Sky High was my was gonna be my answer. Actually, one of the best superhero stories I have read in any medium oh. uh, across anything in, in recent times was Soon I Will Be Invincible, which is a novel. Okay, yeah. That was great. That was a superhero story completely un, you know, unrelated to anything in comics. Although, Does of Cavalier course, and Clay count? Yeah, I was about to say. I think that's, that's the best book. There's no actual superhero action in it, but it has all the things that I like about superheroes in it. Hmm. Like the, the whole sensibility and the, the theme. Yeah, I, I, you, can, you, can, you can get by with that, I think. But I, yeah. I, I, I suggest... Soon, soon I will be invincible to anybody who likes superheroes. That was a fantastic superhero story. What about Unbreakable? I like that as well. I, I like that. I didn't like it as much going forward, but a lot, you know, it's good. I'm really sad that he didn't make any movies after that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really unfortunate because he could have done some really good stuff. I think I'm at the point where I'm going to watch The Happening because I think it might be laughably oh. awful. It is laughably awful. Because, and, and I, Mark, and you know me, I'm pretty lenient. Yeah, you are. It's, pretty, it's true it's if you're awful. saying it. But like Mark Wahlberg, who I kind of already laugh at when he says anything. Because he talks awful. like he's, he's talking to children. What? Whenever he's... You're, in, well, you're in a perfect storm of fun for that one. I think you should definitely watch it tonight. Why, did you do that on purpose? No. But, oh, wow. Look at me. <laughs> he was good in that movie. No, he was good in that movie. I'm going right. to be a huge star. <laughs> so there's some, you don't there's understand, some... Mom. Some superhero comics, not a, superhero stories, not that from comics. If you want to leave us a voicemail, go 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Tell us where you're from. Tell us your name. Take, keep it around 30, 40 seconds, and, uh, and have fun. Have fun with it. Good questions this week, people. Good ones. Let's be done with it. Check out our Don't Miss podcast that comes out every single Monday. It was, I think, most Mondays, yeah. Last week, we were talking to David Peterson about the new Mouse Guard book, Legends of the Guard, which is more like a little anthology with other people doing Mouse Guard. And then this week, coming up, Chris Neeson will be talking to Tim Seeley about Hackslash. Oh, cool. As it, I'm excited. That, that comes out next week. I'm yeah, going to check that out. Appears at, at Image Comics for the first time, and it has the sexiest of covers. This last week, speaking of Chris Neeson, he, he sat in the big boy chair. He did a full-on talk explode. Because he's good at that. Oh. And he talked to Mike Perkins, the artist on, on Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, was on Captain America for a little while, too, you might remember. Um, I always like artist conversations because we don't hear from them as much. He was good on Captain America and yes. The Stand. And now he's probably making actual money doing Stephen King books. This is the first week of our June giveaways. If you go to ifmboy.com, there's a red post at the top with a June giveaways announcement. Um, there's, there's three this month. And the first is a... Limited edition Iron Man Fandango gift card worth $25. We're giving away two of those. So you can use these cards to get Fandango movie tickets. You can get any movie. It doesn't have to be Iron Man 2. Although, if I'm the winner, I'm going to use it for Iron Man 2 because I still haven't seen Iron Man 2. Are you uh, just doing it to bug people now, aren't you? Kind of. I love that. 
But I kind of also really want to see it. It's a t- I'm torn between using it and... and s- you, could just, s- you could see it and then lie about it. Satiating my desire to see it. I also want to listen to this podcast. That's the other thing. So we're giving away two passes, $25 t- passes for tickets. And the winners are Matt Starr and Anis Ansari. Damn it. So Paul and I did not win this time. You win this round, I fanboy. We're giving away two more next week. And the week after that, there's going to be a Dynamo 5 giveaway. That's a pretty hefty giveaway. If you go to iFanboy.com in the red post, you can check out what we're giving away. You can win these giveaways by becoming iFanboy member. They're only available to members, so you have to be an iFanboy member to be eligible. You got the information from Josh earlier in the show how you can do that. But go to iFanboy.com slash store for more. Get to iFanboy.com. You can read my written review because now every three weeks I just write an Avengers review. That's what I do now. Uh, and then you can comment on that or all the other discussion topics. Really good week for, for discussion this past week. Had a lot of fun talking about Marvel doing their day and date for the first time, doing a good doing it bad, whichever, some casting stuff, things like that. Make sure to get to ifanboy.com. We're working on it all the time, all weeks. So if you only listen to the shows, it goes on, is what I'm saying. Plenty of writers, including Paul, uh, working his butt off, and then Word Balloon Podcast, other podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Go to ifanboy.com. Go to ifanboy.com slash about. You can find out who we are and how to connect with us in other ways on the internet. Then there's the video show last week. The Flash. The Flash. Wow, that's the mistake. I almost made it to the end. Uh, last week was The Flash, and then this next week coming up, The Blackest of Nights. Oh, we're going to look back at Blackest Night, are we? We are. We are looking back at it right now on my other window. Oh. <laughs> It'll be right. Awesome. What did we say? I don't remember. I don't remember. I made fun oh. of Ron. <laughs> oh, boy. One of those shows. <laughs> you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Call our voicemail line 888-FANBOY-326-2697. Any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, etc. If you like us, you can write a review on iTunes. We appreciate that. It helps people find the show. You can do it for this show, for the video show. Thank you very much if you do. Even better than that is to tell your friends, your comic store people, the people you meet in the street, the guy at the bookstore, the guy at the methadone clinic, the guy you meet when you're running across the country, handcuffed to Robert De Niro. Wow. All that stuff. You can tell all those guys. Look. Spread that fanboy word. Hey, hey Paul. Yeah. If, you, if you like this episode of the iFanboy podcast, what movie should you follow it up with? Oh, jeez, this is tough. Uh, Network, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, you went out strong. That was pretty good. Because that's Thank kind you. of a good movie no matter what you do. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Irrelevant. Yeah, it's always. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, until we're next we're time. mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. <laughs> until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. And I am Josh Flanagan. Ah!